Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sea Report, coming to you live from the Foxhole app, Twitch, and uh, I think today we're over in Periscope. Um, you guys may have heard, or maybe you saw in the chat, we actually got uh, another strike on YouTube, and I think another ban. They they got us on copyright spamming and scamming, uh, among other things. So, you know what? Like, we were kind of just using ScrewTube as an archivial type of platform. But um, I tell you what, I think, I think I'm really done with it. Um, I'll, I'll get with W about it, and we'll see if uh, what he thinks about it. I'm pretty sure he's on the, he's in the same boat as I am on that regards. But yeah, screw tube, screw you. We're done with you. That's about all that's going on now. Real quick, let me just check around to make sure I got all my stuff working and everything in order because we have a jam packed show for you guys today. Gonna be presenting some information that might be of use to you all, particularly if you're in my neck of the woods, uh, because we do have the city elections coming up this week. We're already in early voting, and then we will also be having election day on May 1st. That's this Saturday. So this information I'm getting to as timely as I can. Just a moment. All right, we got sound. Okay, cool. Sounds good. I mean, I, I guess it sounds good, but anyways. Uh... Uh, Cherokee George, oops, I'm breaking into the chat. Cherokee George, yes, archivial platforms, that's what we were using ScrewTube for. We were just basically uh, allowing, because they don't have, like, if you're on, um, if you're on, like, a Twitch or other platforms, they give you, like, 15 days and then they disappear, right? Well, um, as it turns out, with, uh, with YouTube, I mean, I'm sure y'all are very well aware, like, it houses it on their server forever. So we were just setting that to private, so this way I could, like, you know, uh, keep those things, uh, we're just downloading them all, and maybe someday Q&A Holes Podcast will be able to uh, actually archive all its own episodes on our own uh, server or whatever, however that works, but uh, we don't got the money for that yet. Uh, so now I am getting some chat coming in from Twitch. Hey, la India chingona. Now, I know you guys don't know who that is, but that's someone that I know. Uh, it's, it's good to see you, ma'am, over there live on Twitch, and uh, yeah, I am kind of running kind of running both platforms right now and and I don't usually typically get into Foxhole app because I would just I won't be able to do my report but that's why I do my chat recaps because I appreciate you guys over there at the Foxhole and we have a great show for you today. All right guys, so before I get headlong into explanations, let's just go ahead and get to some of the news. We're not going to look at too many headlines today. I did want to kind of burrow into something uh, a news item that some of you all are probably aware of, especially um, over to our Patriot friends over at the Foxhole app, our family there because everyone's in the know over there and that's good because at least we can bounce off each other's resources and stuff like that and then get a fuller picture of what we're actually seeing. Okay guys, all right. So first things first, as you know, Trump does lead at the Sea Report. So not too much news going on by way of Trump. Uh, we did have this photo leaked. You guys might have seen it already. He was spotted seeing golfing with uh, uh, Ohio Representative Jim jo Jim Jordan. Sorry, I was going to say Jim Jones. <laughs> And, you know, that man is a powerhouse. Uh, he's been... Uh, now, some people, of course, will accuse him of not doing much or not following through, but I'd say he's not like uh, he's not like Trey Gowdy, um, who who suddenly turned into an old man when the adren adrenochrome factory started to dry up. But I'll leave that there because we're not here to talk about that today. But, yeah, who who's to say what was said? We just know that Jim Jordan and, and President Trump were out golfing. And, uh, you know, uh, fly on the wall, right? I mean, who knows? Who knows? Again, this picture right here, he's kind of like, hey, 
They spotted me. <laughs> I'm sure that's what the cameraman paparazzi was thinking anyways. But yeah, so that was something going on now. And other Trump news we missed yesterday. Oh, from the office of, uh, you know, President Trump. Ugh. You just hate, dislike how they uh, like all blows up like that. Now, um, let's see. He did have a statement released yesterday in regards to what's going on in Arizona. So, yes, we are also going to start with some Arizona news before we get into this uh, San Antonio election. And I'm from San Antonio, guys, but we'll get into that in just a minute. All right. So uh, President Trump has uh, released in a statement, incredible organization and integrity taking place in Arizona. Uh, with respect to the fraudulent 2020 presidential election, these are great American patriots, but watch. The radical left Democrats demean and, uh, whoops, let me expand that for you guys. The radical left Democrats demean and destroy campaign will start very soon. And indeed they have. They will say anything they can to take away the integrity, validity, and credibility of what these incredible patriots are doing. But the people of Arizona won't stand for it. They were among the earliest to see that this was a rigged election. And I would say that is a very true statement from our president Indeed, they did see that it was an election that was rigged, and that is going to take us straight to Arizona. Now, so we know that uh, the we know that there's been a huge push. Like we've we've been following this per show since the uh, audit started, uh, where we we had what the first thing we had was uh, Perkins Coy and his law firm of oh was it oh. Lawfare, uh, lawfare, right? The the combination of war and and lawyers and and throwing lawsuits and stuff like that. Uh, his his uh, people were immediately going after um, the uh, the four uh, independent businesses that are going to be auditing this entire process. Then, of course, we had um, we had a, a local Phoenix uh, investigative reporter sneak in and do a whole report about how there's a, a lack of security in what should be the most secure. Um, um, audit process since who knows when, right? And then we also, of course, have uh, Governor Ducey, uh, who smells like Badusi. Um, he's over there basically not allowing any protection. He's not sending any state cops, uh, law enforcement. He's not sending the National Guard in, in spite of the fact that President Trump has already called for the National Guard to be sent in to protect the people who are doing this audit. Um, so there's that going on. And then we are. Uh, we also had um, uh, a Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, the Soros plant, uh, who is uh, crying out to the AG, AG Bronovich, to go ahead and stop it because these things aren't secure. Well, in a lovely turn of events, because don't forget, I did mention that AG Bronovich is actually on the people's side. I mean, this is what we're seeing so far in his actions. You know what I mean? He responded to the Soros plant, uh, late, uh, the Honorable Katie Hobbs, with this to say. Um, he said, I previously informed, uh, let me go ahead and expand this for you guys. I have previously informed the court that the Arizona Senate has broad constitutional and statutory authority to issue a legislative subpoena and consequently conduct the audit of the Maricopa County election. You allege that the Senate may be in violation of several election laws but provide no facts other than a reference to recent reports that you believe suggest that the Senate may be in violation of the court order in Maricopa County at all versus FAN at all, whatever the numbers are, right? CV numbers.
course. Okay. It says, this does not meet the standard of a credible allegation. It is speculation insufficient to support the request for an official investigation. Moreover, the separation of powers in our political system demands deference to co-equal branches of government to conduct their lawful business. It would therefore be inappropriate to interrupt the auditing process simply because someone asserts that it could be handled in some other manner. Any such request should be directed to uh, the Senate President Fan. Oh, dry. that's a mic drop moment, right? Well, thank you, A.G. Bronovich, for standing up for the people and for constitutional authority in your state. That's what we need, guys. We need more people like that um, and those who will outwardly do it, not just in voice and not just in, in, in word, but also in action. So basically, he totally threw out her request, said, nope, that's not right. You know, you're basically, you're stupid, A.G. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, SOS uh, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs. And we can see right through your, we can see right through your uh, Sonic the Hedgehog lesbian spike hair. Okay, guys. So what else was going on with uh, the opposition that we're seeing to this audit in Arizona? Okay, well, we knew the liberals were going to do it. The Democrats, well, and it's a, a not so surprising turn of events. Uh, let me go ahead and get this off of here for you guys. In a not so surprising turn of events, uh, we have, we have the Dems saying, now, now this is another fight that they're taking to it. They're saying, um, uh, this is about voter integrity and election integrity. What hypocrites. Now they are, now they are, now they are concerned about the integrity of our elections, calling this audit, um, um, a, a strike against integrity of the elections when they didn't even want to do it. Um, we have another letter here because like I said, when they got Perkins Coy on it and he has like his whole network of like little, God, I'm sorry. I'm kind of fired up right now. I had my, I had my espresso this morning and I had my, uh, I had my, uh, organic, uh, coconut oil. So I'm like, all the synapses are firing off. Um, but, uh, he, they had basically Perkins Coy and his, uh, his harem of lawyers just like, inundate Arizona and go after the the uh, the Senate and the Republicans in Arizona, they had at least 73 lawyers on the scene. 73 lawyers. I mean, come on. Now, we know that Perkins Coy is getting his money from the Hillary Clinton camp and the George Soros camp. But, uh, I mean, to me, this looks kind of desperate. Um, but now you guys have probably also heard about this whole thing about um, one of the judges recusing himself and, and what's going on with that, right? Well, there was another letter sent out. Let me see. This one is from... Uh, okay. So this one actually came from uh, the Brennan Center for Justice, the Carter Center, uh, RS. RSM election solutions and verified voting. So now what you have here is you have uh, 501c3 or all of these types of organizations, you know, the the, the Democrat and the liberal uh, thought uh, think tank groups, those kind of people, think tanks and stuff like that. Now they're coming after the people in um, Arizona for wanting to have this audit done. So let's take a look at what they said here. They wrote this to the Honorable Karen Fan, who's the president of the Arizona State Senate. She's overseeing uh, the majority of this um, this audit that's going on. They put, we are deeply disturbed by the Arizona Senate's recent decision to engage Cyber Ninjas, a firm which news reports say was founded by a Trump supporter who promoted conspiracy theories as part 
part of the Stop the Steal movement to audit ballots cast in Maricopa County's November general election. This is despite the fact that the Trump administration officials described the 2020 election as the most secure in American history. Of course, that was before we found out that the person that was heading up that department was a plant and a shill. Uh, I don't remember his name, but it was a, it was a cyber cyber security election. ABC one, two, three organization. I'll get the name for you guys. Unless someone knows in the chat what I'm talking about, but they were supposed to be overseeing, uh, the cybersecurity of all elections and, uh, allegedly, well, not allegedly the dude who was in charge of it. He, uh, he said everything was secure and then Trump summarily fired him after that. I got to find that those deets for you guys. But anyways, at this point, the letter continues, additional audits will have little value other than to stoke conspiracy theories and partisan game games or worse. This troubling conclusion is further supported by the selection of a firm that appears to lack independence or technical expertise, both of which are required under the most basic principles of auditing. Moreover, the absence of these basic qualifications has contributed to, pro- to proposed procedures such as deploying agents acting on behalf of the government to physically appear at Arizonans' residences to collect information, which are unlikely to be effective and may be a violation of state and federal law. In short, this appears to be a decision driven by politics rather than a search for the truth. We urge the Arizona Senate to stop efforts that could undermine confidence in our elections and accept the Maricopa County election results. Um, Yeah, and that's what they had to say about that. And you know what? Fooey to them, right? Um, Because the people of Arizona and the people of the United States of America have spoken out and they want this thing to go through. Now, this ties into that recusal story that was happening with the judge because basically on the heels of them saying stop the the audit, now it's stop the audit, right? And uh, and that, you know, there could be security concerns, which were unfounded, of course. Um, you, You also had these people here from the Brennan for Center Justice for, Brennan Center for Justice and and other lawyers who are now calling for cyber ninjas to release their blueprint, their SOP, their guidelines for how they're going to audit this election. In other words, they want to know what kind of technology they're using, what kind of procedures they're going to go through, what kind of steps they're taking, and of course, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the information so that this way they can try and find a way to debunk it or or get ahead of it in the news, or get ahead of it in the press. They're working in the dark here, and this is how they're trying to get that information. So a summation of the story was that uh, the judge who had stopped and ordered the $1 million bond, so this way the Democrats could stop the audit, um, he, he said no. Well, this is the same judge that has recused himself. Now, this story I got, let me see here from where. Uh, oh, my goodness, I don't have the cite- citation for this story. Uh, let me go Let me go ahead and read it to you, though, and then maybe I can scoop it up in, in the after rim, <laughs> not the interim. Um, so it says here, last week, an Arizona judge agreed that there was something to Democrats. Uh, let me get this whole thing wrong. Sorry. Uh, was something to Democrats' arguments, ruling that Cyber Ninjas, the Florida-based uh, company selected to lead a re-examination of the vote in Maricopa County, should hand over any documents describing its internal process. Democrats also had a chance to suggest 
of the process altogether, albeit at a cost of $1 million. Cyber Ninjas, meanwhile, decided it also did not want to lose its proposed trade secrets, documents detailing how it plans to ensure the credibility of its audit process. It filed those documents with the court on Sunday, requesting that they be kept under seal and away from the prying eyes of the media. So Cyber Ninjas has... Basically, it was kind of like a countersuit filed so that their methods of doing this audit remain sealed under lock and key so that even if the Dems or the Liberals or anyone else who wants to sue them, try and find out exactly what they're doing to audit. Because, guys, we've already seen those, uh, you know, those uh, those black lights. The <laughs> Was it the Black Lights Matter thing I heard this morning? Anyways, uh, we've already seen that uh, they're trying to use that infrared, not infrared, that uh, ultraviolet lights. They are using that as a process to find watermarks, something that we all talked about way back whence, you know, back when all this was going down, about ways to figure out whether the ballots were legitimate or not. Well, they they appear to have been watermarked, and the more that this moves forward, the more we're going to find out that <clears throat> the past proves the present, or the present proves the past. What do, what do we say? Anyways, um, the article went on to say the company also asked the judge who had ordered them to hand over documents to recuse himself, appearing to manufacture a conflict of interest over the weekend by hiring one of his former interns to join their legal team. A new judge on Tuesday will consider Democrats' push to unseal those internal communications detailing security procedures and how it proposes to know the difference between a valid and an invalid ballot. See, they just want to get ahead of this and leak it to the news if they could. But 12news.com reports that a new judge is overseeing the hearing Tuesday on the challenge to Arizona's uh, Senate GOP selection. Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Daniel Martin will take over after Judge Christopher Curry withdrew. Um, and it says here um, also that uh, Christopher Curry, Judge Christopher Curry, his withdrawal was abrupt set on Sunday evening, citing an ethical conflict under the Judicial Code of Conduct. The company's lawyers have asked that the filing be kept under seal and that any hearing related to the filing be closed to the public and the media. And the judge, uh, Judge Daniel Martin, will have to rule on that as well. Now, I don't have an update on that, but that hearing did take place today at 11 a.m. Arizona time. Uh, I believe that, I don't know what time, time uh, that, I know it's like what, maybe an hour behind an hour behind us here in central time so it would have been about um uh, whatever time that is i'm not good with time all right cool all right <laughs> i used to run late to everything guys my excuse was uh what <laughs> i was born late so i'm always late anyway so that's what you have uh going on there now let's see here what i have for you guys okay so i found this website i'm gonna go ahead and share that with you guys while i was uh digging around today so now you know we have the arizona az audit.org where we have the live stream going 24-7 of this audit process in Maricopa County. Um, um, but we also have this one. This is ArizonaAudit.com. ArizonaAudit.com is the official webpage of the uh, company that says here, this is the official page of the Arizona Senate liaison for the Maricopa County Election Audit under the direction of the Honorable Ken Bennett, former Arizona Secretary of State. An audit is underway to ensure transparency and integrity in the Maricopa County, Arizona 2020. Yeah, that's right, Dems and Libs. We're not just going to take your word for it, okay? So this is what, and it tells you about the scope of their work. This basically has like a lot of the, le the paperwork that was 
was going on and who the teams are and everything. So if you want to dig into that, this information is there for you guys. Um, of course, there's more documents that just go on to show like the filing that they did. Uh, was this uh, Karen Fan in her official capacity as the Arizona State uh, Senate President um, to the Honorable Christopher Corey? Like everything, they're they're putting everything here for you guys to see. So this is transparent enough, I would say, for us for the time being. Um, and and of course, I think any findings that they have in regard to what they're seeing over in, uh, I guess the actual um, the actual uh, on the front lines, those who are actually doing the audit, I'm sure that they're not allowed to leak what information is being found because there's word that they're already finding signs of fraud. Now, before we get into our next story, we'll take a look again at what's going on over at azaudit.org. Again, this is uh, this is being streamed 24-7, so you have uh, visible transparency of what is going on over during this whole recount. Let's, let's, let's see what's going on over here. What do you think these guys... Oh, look at her. She's... I'm done with this. Oh, no. Oh, fooey. Oh, no. She's saying... <laughs> She's like, that is not a fake ballot. That is a real ballot. No, just kidding. I don't know what they're talking about, but it's always fun to speculate. Look at this one over here has a face shield on. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and close that window out. Let's see what else we got going on. Uh, we got Pete, we got floor pacers over here. Uh, we got some behind the scenes stuff over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. This looks like it's a fun time, I'm sure. It looks like it's a fun time. So anyways, yep, we'll, we'll keep you guys abreast on any information that we can get from this audit concerning what we see, visually speaking. And if Antifa gets their boots on the ground, we'll, we'll also see if we can't get that information out to you as well. All right, guys, I'm turning my sights to San Antonio, Texas. Now, I am from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I am not afraid of being doxxed. And that's not to say that if there is... Is that fear that that's wrong. Doxing is very real. It's very dangerous. Uh, people on the left, SJWs, liberals, all of them, they have done that before. If you aren't familiar what doxing is, that's basically where they scope you out. They do some research on you and then they put your information, like your address, your phone number, all over the internet so this way other people can hound you. I mean, people on the Patriot field, people who do the kind of work that I do, uh, getting our faces on camera, they have families, they have children, they have wives to worry about. Um, and that's totally understandable. So to say that, you know, you're not honorable because you're afraid of being doxxed is not true. You have to, you really do have to put yourself first. You have to put your family first. Like they say, when you're in an airplane, make sure you get your breathing mask on before you help anyone else. So, you know, that is totally reasonable. But for my part, you know, I, I mean, I don't have any children to speak of, so I'm not concerned about that. Um, come at me. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, so what's going on in San Antonio? Well, I know I have a national and na international type of audience here, but we're going to go local because we have our city elections this week. Um, and I promised my friends I would get them the information because guess what? I am blessed to have the time to do it. So I'm happy to do it. Plus, I want to make sure that we got some, we got some boots on the ground and we have a little bit of knowledge about what's going on out there. And we're not standing at the polls just saying, okay, we know we want to vote out the mayor. Who am I going to vote for? Okay. Well, in, in doing this, okay, so you guys have to understand first of all, San Antonio is a dirty city. It is so subtle. It is so hidden. It is so sequestered. You would never know. It looks like a nice little city with what they call the river walk, which just basically amounts to a stream and a puddle going through downtown. Eh, it's got a lot of light. I mean, it's pretty, you know, but I'm like, come on guys, like this ain't even a river. Like Town Lake in Austin, that looked like a river and that was awesome. But anyways, I, I, I digress any here. So our city elections are going on on 
May 1st. Um, and uh, we got a lot of stuff going on with that. Now, now, first of all, like, it's heavily Democrat. Like, San Antonio, Austin, Texas, that is, uh, the I-35 corridor is basically, like, the only, uh, aside from your major city centers, Dallas, Houston, uh, Laredo down in the valley and stuff like that, those are, that's where you have your Democrat strongholds. And it's designed that way. Like, between San Antonio and, and Austin, Texas, it is, it is literally a, a gerrymandered thin strip of blue that literally encompasses both of those city centers, plus all of the townships and towns in between. And that's where you have your most populous areas. And it's all blue. It's all Democrat. It's meant to be that way. Now, District, uh, I want to say it's 35 there, if not 25, 25 or 35. Uh, my bad. I, I lived in it for a while. Uh, it was uh, um, uh, Lou Dog. <laughs> I always say Lou Dog. Lou Doggett. <laughs> I love Lou Dobbs. Anyways, Lou Doggett, he's been the one who's been the Democrat congressman in charge of that gerrymandered strip of uh, of um, of blue there. And he's been he's been in it for like nigh on a decade. Right. He needs to get kicked out like stat. But uh, as far as San Antonio goes, it is a Democrat cesspit cesspool. I mean, this city is dirty, 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 dirty. Um, we have a mayor, Mayor Nuremberg. He is uh, open borders mayor. He is a, a socialist mayor. He wants sanctuary cities. Um, he also wants to defund the police. I mean, he wastes, he wastes our money. He, he there was a report that he spent $18,000 on a set of curtains for his office. Now, when I look at someone like Mayor Nuremberg, I see that, that frat boy demon smile kind of reminds me of this guy here, Joaquin Castro, who went on uh, national television and made an ass out of himself, you know, uh, uh, calling for the impeachment of Trump, doctoring, doctoring evidence to support their false claims. This guy needs to get the hell out of Dodge. And I mean, boy, get out of my city because that was, that was an embarrassment, not only to San Antonio and to the state of Texas, but to the United States of America on the world stage. Boy, you need to get out of this city and don't come back. These guys all attend the same popper parties, I'm sure. And you know, there's already been some gossip about there being some kind of bromance going on with Nuremberg and other people on the city council. I don't have time for these clowns. We need to get them out San Antonio and that's why we need to get rid of them. <sighs> With that said, allow me to calm down just a minute. With that said, <clears throat> we're going to be looking at some of the candidates that we're going to be uh, voting on, hopefully, for the city council and for the uh, mayoral elections to get this numbnut out of here. Now, I was like, what hope do we have? I was like going through as many, all of the candidates as I could. Now, when it comes to someone like the mayor, they have like something like, let me see if I can find that here. They have something like you know, plus 10 people running for mayor. Now, with plus 10 people running for mayor, you know you're going to have your incumbent, then you know you're going to have the ones that are just there to split the vote, and then you know you have the ones that are like, actually, you, you might want to pay attention to these people. So we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 people running for mayor in San Antonio, Texas, right? Okay, so you really have to ask yourself, who's worth looking at here, and then who's just there to split the vote, right? And then like, no one in San Antonio actually comes out and vote. I was reading about in one district they had something like 70,000 people in the district and only 7,000 historically come out to vote. That was District 3, guys. District 3 is the south side of San Antonio. That district has been the same cesspool with falling apart streets, everything 
looks old and dirty down there. For the last 40 to 50 years, nothing has changed. I remember in the 90s, they made a huge deal that the south side of San Antonio was finally getting a bookstore, which ended up being a storefront in a mall that amounted to nothing. Like, they have no faith in the people on the south side of San Antonio. And honestly, I believe that that place is heavily cartel and mafia controlled with whomever it is that they are, like, in cahoots with. Now, to that point, let me just say something else about Mr. Nuremberg, uh, Mayor Nuremberg here. He's also, he also follows in the leads of this man. This man, his name is uh, the Honorable Judge, uh, the Honorable Judge uh, um, Nelson Wolf. Okay, Nelson Wolf, who looks like a walking Skeksis. He looks like he's a dried up skag of a mummy, a mummy who is still running in this, he's running this town. Now, this guy has, he's, he's a career politician. He started in the Texas House, went on to the Texas Senate. In the 90s, he was the mayor of San Antonio. And for the past 20 years, he served as a county commissioner judge. And, and Nuremberg takes his, he takes his, he takes his, um, his action from whatever this man says. Like what this man says, Nuremberg, he follows. And this guy's also got, and this guy's a, he's an independent republic. Republican, right? Independent Republican, uh, Mr. Wolf is. But he has the endorsement of Joaquin Castro and Joaquin's twin brother, um, Julian. So what's up with that, right? Like, uh, oh, nonpartisan. Oh, whatever. Bipartisan? No, I don't think so. This guy's a rhino. This guy, I'm going to do some digging on him because I don't, man, he looks like he plays with the kitties. Now, this is all speculation. I'm not saying it's true, so you can't get me for liable. I'm just speculating here. It could be true. Wouldn't it be interesting if it were true? I don't know, Mr. Wolf. Let's find out what we can find out about you a little later. But I'm going to be digging around because I'm already finding some stuff on this man and some of the people. But San Antonio is dirty, guys. It is dirty to the core. All right. So in digging around for what's going on with uh, um, our candidates here in San Antonio and who it is that we're going to be voting for city council. I promised some of my friends and some of my buddies that I would find out. So I'm going to go ahead and show you guys some of the individuals that I think are going to be worth voting for. But Something made it very easy. I'm going to share this with you guys now. Uh, I found this. This is called Lexit. Lexitmovement.org. Now, I used to joke around about the Lexit movement because one of my friends was like, what is the Lexit movement? I was like, I don't know. It stands for like lesbians exiting or whatever. I mean... <laughs> Of course, that's not what it was. It was actually Latinos exiting the Democrat Party. Uh, now, we've heard for la like Latinos for Trump, conservative Latinos. Um, and I have heard about Lexit. What I was not aware is that they are actually a national front. And these guys have uh, been organizing candidates in the Texas area to get uh to keep Texas from turning blue, since people seem to believe that the state of Texas is going to turn blue tomorrow. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I think people just like want to rile me up when they say that because it works sometimes. But anyways, okay, so uh, Legs at USA, I went ahead and start looking to these guys. Um, it says here, uh, hashtag Legs at USA is a grassroots movement created on November 2018 and officially established in Texas, uh, United States in July of 2019. Legs at USA's mission is to help Latinos exit 
exit the liberal left and embrace conservatism, um, uh, conservative conservatism and conservative values. Our values are most important goal to defend our conservative values for God, for family, and for country in that same order. Legsit USA is focused on building an outreach efforts in communities across America to share our story and provide focused messaging to the Latino community. Our core purpose lies on educating Hispanics across the United States. We welcome our all our non-Latino conservative allies to stand with us as we hashtag Legsit USA. Legsit USA is not nor ever was a one-man show. It is a national organization. Now, what I was most happy to see is that in this organization, we've got red hats, we've got 45, we've got Trump supporters that serving on their board, they're serving as ambassadors, look in the state of Ohio, state of Pennsylvania, state of California. Uh, we got them where, where else, where else? We got them, New Mexico, Texas, New York, Arizona. So these guys are everywhere, guys. And, and this is just, it's great to see Florida that we're organizing as a community of Latinos. And you know, it's like that dumb phrase, Latinx, like lat, lat, Latinx or Latinx or whatever you want to, la- <laughs> I was like, Latin twinks? No, I was like, no, I mean, guys, like, uh, that's, that's like a liberal thing. You know, uh, my, my heritage is Hispanic and Mexican. Uh, my dad's side is from Spain. My mom's side's from Mexico, although some of my family members want to deny that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where my family comes from. Anyways, getting back to this guy here. Boop. All right. Uh, these are more of their board members. I just love seeing the red hats and the 45s. And then, um, let's see, what was it that I saw down here that I was kind of like, oh, this is, this is definitely my group here. It says right here, Legsit USA is focused on reelecting our president, Donald J. Trump. Our voice to Latinos and Hispanics will not be silenced. However, we need your help to take this message and our cause all over the nation. Please help us by contributing and pressing the network. You can help them by contributing if you want. Well, I'm helping you guys up by talking about you guys because I'm not sure that many people knew about who you were. Now we're going to go here. This is the Legsit USA Strike Force. Now this is where they are. These are the candidates that they're um, actually endorsing as uh, as Trump supporters, as Latino conservatives. Um, so the beautiful thing is they are organizing for the election in San Antonio now. Um, and they have been successful in the city of Austin about getting uh, conservative Latinos onto the city council. So I'm hoping that they are able able to do the same here. So I'm not going to go through all of the candidates. Um, we are going to take a look at some of the ones. Ugh, get this guy off my screen. Ugh, get that guy off. Ugh, get that guy off my screen. Okay. First of all, we have here uh, the candidate for mayor that they are supporting. Um, and now I'm not saying that I endorse these people, but uh, compared to what we got, and actually, yeah, I am going to endorse uh, um, some of these, but like uh, this one is uh, Denise Gutierrez Homer, uh, who's running for San Antonio mayor. Now I was kind of in a toss up when I was doing my research about whether or not I was going to support her or this other one. Uh, let me see. Uh, that's this dude, uh, Greg Brockhouse. Now, Greg Brockhouse and Denise, they both do support uh, funding and uh, backing the blue, supporting our police. We do have a proposition going into um, the city count, uh, going into the elections uh, this week that would essentially defund the police. So we're going to vote no to that one. That one is Prop B. Um, they want to go ahead and defund the police or police reformations. 
The one thing that did catch my attention about this guy, and I'm going to dig a little bit more before I make my own personal decision, but for this guy, he's quoted to have said that, um, that he believes the lockdowns and everything that COVID did was not called for and it never should have happened. Like San Antonio should never have gone into lockdown. The mask mandate should have never happened. Since he said that, that really got my attention. But let's go ahead and take a look again at Denise. Again, Denise, she's also, uh, she is, uh, she's endorsed by Lexit uh, USA and they are, um, they are pushing her to get that onto that platform. So, you know, they have all these things here about, uh, you know, um, uh, one of the big issues I noticed was the, the homeless issue. Um, uh, and I found it quite interesting. Uh, one of the, uh, current city council women, a uh, woman by the, I don't remember her name, Jada something, but she's in district two. Um, she actually outsourced and hired a firm in San Francisco to take care of San Antonio's homeless problem. How counterintuitive is that, Miss Jada, city councilwoman number two? You want to have someone from San Francisco who can't even control the human feces and all of the drugs and all of the homeless people living on the streets of your very own Nancy Pelosi city, Hoods Pelosi? You you want them to give us advice on how to take care of our homeless population? What are you thinking? I don't know. Maybe she's eating the same ice cream that Hoods Pelosi is eating. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Okay, so those are the candidates I'm going to suggest you look up and that you go into for the mayor. All the other ones I'm tossing aside. And like I said, there are 14 of them. We need to get Nuremberg out. He's out. He's gone. Let's go. All right. Um, this dude is for uh, district number four here in San Antonio. Uh, let's see. His name is Andrew. Andrew, Andrew, where are you at? Let me get, let me get my notes up here because uh, Andrew for SA is not his name, obviously. Okay, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. That is Andrew Vicencio. Andrew Vicencio for district number four. No to proposition A and B. Now, proposition A is basically going to change the wording of San Antonio's charter to where the city council can tap into it unlimited. So, like, they can get unlimited taxpayer money. Like, no, 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 no. We already saw how you like to spend $18,000. There's no, te no telling how else they're spending the money. So, that's a big no. And, and basically, guys, honestly, whenever I'm in that situation, I'm sitting in the booth and I haven't done my proper research, I'm kind of like, hmm, well, maybe I'm just going to say no to anything that says, uh, that require, that wants new spending. Uh, if it, if it calls for new spending, I automatically vote no. And that's definitely what it does. Um, it says right here, proposition A would be a blank check for the city council. Hey, we're not talking about yoga here. <laughs> what the heck is this? Hey, uh, Andrew, fix your website. There we go. Okay, it says uh, no to the sanctuary city proposal. So that's going in there. He's a defender of the First and Second Amendment rights. He's pro-police. Um, and then et cetera. Those are just some city things. But those are the big issues there. So there's a picture of Mr. Vicencio, a Second Amendment supporter, a law enforcement supporter, someone who's being endorsed by Legs at USA. Uh, so that's enough for me. I don't live in District 4, but if you do, Andrew Vicencio is going to be your man. All right. District four, that's going to be okay. And if you guys don't know, go to the San Antonio city council, find out what district you're in. Um, if I'm, if I'm talking about these guys and my friends are watching, you're in one of their districts. Okay. District number. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, guys. Andrew Asensio is district number three. It's this right here, this Andrew for essay. Come on, Andrew. <laughs> District 2, District 2. Hey, bro, that's you. District 2, that's your man right there. Okay, District 4. All right, District 4 is David Tristan. Again, this guy is also being supported by Legsit USA. Um, there's not much to say on this guy. He's a Second Amendment guy, um, and he is a La Chingona. He is the one that you're going to want to be taking a look at. Um, 
There's the man there. It gives you a little bit about what, what he's done and what he is in you. Some of these, they don't really go into too much, but endorsed by Lexit, that's good enough for me, especially since everyone, a lot of the other people who are on these ballots, they are actually, um, <laughs> they are uh, all Democrats or they're socialists, and some of them are proud about saying it. It's not as bad as District 10. We'll get to District 10 in a minute. Uh, let's take a look at District number seven. Hey, sis, what's up? Um, okay, so uh, uh, this woman here, she is um, uh, Patricia Varela. She will be running for District 7. Uh, the incumbent, of course, there is a Democrat socialist. No, she's a Democrat for sure. You know, they all say that they're nonpartisan, but some of them still come out and tell you what they're talking about and who they are. They always tell you who they are if you're paying attention. Now, she backs the blue. Um, I've seen some of her videos. You know, honestly, um, I, I wish she were a bit better, better spoken, but she will have our support here in San Antonio. She's also being endorsed by Lexit. So uh, that is another one to watch for. Uh, I'm very, very proud of these conservative Latinos stepping up to the plate and really putting their neck on the line because people really get violent here in San Antonio uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to politics, I guess you could say. All right, let's take a look at district number eight. The representative here, Cesario Garcia, will be the gentleman running for district eight city council. Uh, conservative, Native American, small business owner. He is also being um, endorsed by Lexit. So again, this is another one that I would say to watch for. Now I'm giving you guys this information. If you're from San Antonio or in that area, if you're within these districts, well, then I would hope uh, that you go ahead and do your own research. But hey, they're, they're backed by Lexit and Lexit backs Trump and conservatism and America first. And that is what is important to me. Oh, <laughs> what was that? Okay, guys. And then, so I didn't have a photo for district number 10, because uh, I have some folks out in district 10. Now district 10, guys, um, I don't like to say it, but your best bet is going to be the incumbent over in district number 10, uh, meaning the gentleman who's currently sitting in that seat in city council. This is the district where all, all, I mean, every single candidate running for city council district 10, <laughs> and there was like four or five of them, they are all Democrats, socialists, <laughs> or the or of that ilk um even if they're even if they're they have a military background which i find and, and the incumbent there currently does have a military he is he has a military background um but he's also done a lot for that district like he shows his receipts uh and where the money went on his website so i'm saying he's going to be your best bet if you live at district 10 i uh, think his name is uh I'm sorry, guys. I don't got his name. He's the incumbent. He's he's currently sitting in that seat. Uh, but everyone else, uh, we had one of them who supports. They all support Prop B. They all want to defund the police. Um, I had one of them who said that they were a proud Democrat socialist. And then I have another one. He came off like really clean. He looked like he would be the right guy until I saw that he supports Prop B. And he also supports climate change. And a lot of the things that he's going to be doing here in San Antonio will be to fight climate change. So I was like, oh my goodness, not this guy. Okay. And, and then, uh, you know, they all, <laughs> uh, the girl there, she was a, pro a proud Democrat socialist and she looked like an SJW, just not good stuff, guys, not good stuff. So unfortunately, your best, uh, your best bet there is going to be the incumbent and, uh, and that will be something that you can look at moving forward. Okay. So then other than that, there's not anything else, um, a whole lot on the, uh, the ballot there. We got a sample ballot. Of course, there's that prop A and that prop B that's going in prop 
Cop A giving a uh, carte blanche to the city council to spend the money, as much money as they want. And then um, you have Proposition B, which was going to defund the police, essentially. Um, and it's so funny because some of them are like, we, we believe in funding the police, but we believe in police reform. And, um, and, and um, so vote for Prop B. Okay, yeah, no, we don't want to do that. Uh, another thing that was up for ballot, uh, North Side Independent School District. You guys will probably see that on the ballot as well uh, for the um, position of trustee for District Number 5. Now, in that in that group, there is another Lexit candidate by the name of Jacob Kosiba or Kosiba. So Jacob Kosiba, uh, that dude, he's he is endorsed by Lexit. So that was kind of good to see. Now, folks, this is what we're talking about. It was really fun to do this, and it made it so much more fun because we actually had a national organization that are endorsing and supporting these candidates. But that's what we talk about going back to. Um, Going back to supporting and fighting in your own backyard, we have to take it to our city level, our city officials, all of that good stuff first. Because guess what? If the federal government decides that they want to make some kind of national move, like a gun grab or like even like this mask mandate and this whole COVID thing that we saw happening, if at the city level they say no, that means no. Okay, and if it flies and if it goes through, then you need, you might need to start questioning some of your uh, city elected city officials and the people that you get into election there. So I'll let you guys know how it went in San Antonio. Um, I don't know that this one broadcast uh, podcast simulcast will make a big difference in the in the grand scheme of things because. Unless you're in the San Antonio, Texas area or live within these districts, I mean, uh, all, all we could do, all I could do is ask those who are viewing to spread the word on this Lexit, USA.org, uh, or, yes, or .org, to let people know about that. And especially if you're in Texas, or if, if you're of Latino, let people know that this exists. If you're not Latino, you just want to support them. It's just kind of like shedding light on this organization that we've kind of heard about, at least in theory. I think we are kind of like illegitimate Joe there. We're like, well, Lexit is an idea. <laughs> well, now we know it's an organization, guys. And so they could probably use all the support that they could muster um, um, in regards to that. So that's all I got to say about the city of San Antonio elections. I will be out there this week, if not definitely on election day, because I'm not too much for that early vote kind of thing. Like, I, I think we should all go out on election day instead of tipping off the opposition about the numbers that they're failing in, because basically that's why they want to know so far in advance what uh, what the election outcome could possibly be so they can start to kind of gear this in the direction of, um, of uh, what do you call it, uh, of trying to steal the vote, you know, finding another way to do it. Anyways, uh, Landia de Changona, Chingona, thank you for watching and, and thank you for sharing the information. Let your family and friends know this information needs to get out yesterday. Okay, and then let me see. I think I might have had one more. Oh, yeah. One more article uh, in regards to that. I'll go and pop this on the screen. This came from PJ Media. They actually had a press conference uh, on March 30th uh, to introduce the city of San Antonio. I don't know if this got out far. Uh, it doesn't seem that any of the major uh, news media outlets here in San Antonio were reporting on it. Uh, nothing from the San Antonio Express News, nothing from KSET 12, nothing from any, nothing from News 5 San Antonio, nothing. All right, you guys have failed your city. All right, so uh, Lexit candidates, they had a press conference. Now, Mr. Macado, um, he's the Strike Force's national director. He led the press conference articulating the group's core values. He said, Lexit USA completely opposes Joe Biden's policy on catch and release 
police. Illegal immigrants coming across our border are just flooding into the state of Texas. These people are being released into our state and they're hitting our neighborhoods. We don't know who they are. We don't know their backgrounds. We don't know what kind of situation they have medically. They're just being released. We oppose catch and release. He called for Biden's policy to stop immediately. So it's just kind of a, a taste of what these guys are doing and the work that they're wanting to do. Like I said, they were also successful in getting Lexit candidates onto the city council in Austin, Texas, which is a big thing because the only part of Austin that is blue is the city center. Um, but they are surrounded by red, even though that is the liberal armpit of, you know, uh, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Laredo, um, and, and, and Austin are the liberal uh, armpits of Texas. And that's where they're, they're that's where they're trying to strive, but that's also where they're dying. So anyways, that is just a little bit of info that I have for you guys on that. And you are most welcome, Miss La India Chingona. Okay, guys. All right. Let me see where we are for time. Because I had one more story to share with you guys. And I might just go through it as much as I can before. Because um, I, I like to stand in respect to other people's time and other show times. Uh, and I know we got a lot of shows on the Foxhole app. And I mean, there's always the replay. But I also have to prepare dinner. Because then I have to be back on air tonight. Uh, with well, I don't have to be. I'm going to be because I want to be back on air tonight with the Q&A holes as we're doing the Q&A holes live at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So I kind of go make dinner, have dinner, uh, spend a little bit of time with the fam, unwind just a sec, and then come back on and do the show on Tuesday nights. So, okay, so let's see here what we got. Okay, I have a lot of information. We might, maybe we'll do this into like a part two. Maybe I can finish some of this up tomorrow, but it had to do with this man. You know this man. John Kerry. No one likes this man. This man is, oh, he's freakishly tall and he looks like, I don't know, I don't know what he looks like. But anyways, so you guys have heard what the scandal is going on with John Kerry now. It's actually kind of blowing up. Um, he had a, uh, he had a, <laughs> there was a leak. There was a leak that came out uh, between the uh, foreign minister of Iran, uh, Minister Zarif, and another gentleman, uh, let me see if I can get that guy's name for you. This article was published in uh, the New York Times. Uh, Mr. Zarif and uh, an economist named Saeed Le Lelaz, um, who is an ally to them. Now, there was a conversation that these guys were having, and, and the New York Times leaked it. I mean, the, the, published the leak about it. And basically, there were a couple of interesting points in this article. Now, I would say, let's see, because I'm not going to be able to break this down the way I want it to initially, but let's just say some things that this uh, leak illustrates. It illustrates how heads of state, regardless of their position, have to take a backseat to others who are actually running the show behind the scenes. Does this sound kind of familiar, America? Right? Okay, so uh, in, in that uh, article, he talked about how the military and also the, the, the Ayatollahs are the ones who call the shots, regardless of what he says. And there have even been instances of where um, the actions were taken that he had no knowledge of until they were either in progress or afterwards. Really, this does remind me of the United States and the, the old, the former shadow government that is no longer there. They're all working out in the open is why I say that, because now we have the spotlight on them. Now we're watching them. Now we know who they are. And, and so do you guys remember whenever... Um, uh, 
uh, General, retired General Lloyd Austin, who's the current Secretary of Defense, who's also uh, uh, used to sit on the board of Raytheon, um, and has all his finger in so many and so many contractors and other um, other um, war type uh, industry, military industrial complex pies. Um, do you remember whenever he went and striked Syria, and that was like the first missile strike that the Biden administration did? Biden and Kamala, Kamala, they didn't even know about it. Kind of makes you wonder who's pulling the strings here, huh? So um, in this leaked audio, um, this uh, Zarif character, he admitted the fact that this was something that was going on um, and that he had no knowledge of it. It says here, the recording of a conversation in March between Zarif and an economist named Saeed Lelayel uh, was not meant for publication. And the former, uh, the foreign minister repeatedly said that in the audio, right? Now, it was saying here uh, that in this leaked audio tape, it offered a glimpse into the behind-the-scenes power struggles of Iranian leaders. This is the leaders all over the world because we know that there is a shadow or there is a second government that's usually pulling the strings, although it's not officially so. Um, Foreign Minister Mohammed Jafad Zarif said the Revolutionary Guards Corps call the shots, overruling many government decisions and ignoring his advice. In one extraordinary moment on the tape that surfaced Sunday, Mr. Zarif departed from the reverential official line on Major General Qasim Soleimani. Now, you guys might remember Qasim Soleimani is the one that Trump uh, had had killed. He's uh, the commander of the Guard's elite Quds Force, the foreign-facing army of Iran's security apparatus who was killed by the United States in January of 2020. On it, Mr. Zarif confirmed that many have long suspected that his role as the representative of the Islamic Republic on the world stage is severely constricted. Decisions, he said, are dictated by the Supreme Leader or frequently by the Revolutionary Guard Corps. Um, So there he acknowledges that he is bound to what the Ayatollahs want and what the Guards want. But then the New York Times, in a one-line paragraph because they didn't have anything else to say about this, published former Secretary of State John Kerry informed him that several uh, that Israel had attacked Iranian interests in Syria at least 200 times to the astonishment of Mr. Zarif. So, New York Times, while we do appreciate you sharing this little gem of knowledge that uh, apparently uh, John Kerry who was the former Secretary of State, and he was Obama's man in Iran, right? Um, and then and then he also went to Iran, basically shadowing President Trump, you know, because President Trump put a stop to the Iranian nuclear deal, right, in 2015. Well, I mean, 15 is when it was, it was, it was signed in 13, it was enacted in 15, and Trump took it down, I think, in 18. Um, but... Um, 200 times, 200 times this man, John Kerry, went over uh, with this uh, Mr. Zarif, a foreign minister from Iran, and told him about Israel engaging them and attacking Iranian interests. Now, to me, this sounds like a violation of the Logan Act. It sounds like treason because... He and and John Kerry and I have the videos, guys. He is there saying things like, "I never violated the Logan Act. Uh, it's absolutely normal for the Secretary of State to talk to these people, even after they're no longer the Secretary of State, to go into meetings." Okay, you know that might be fine. You're not serving as an official capacity, but if you're tipping them off, 
against attacks by a supposed American ally, like the biggest American ally, like Israel. You know, like I have my own thoughts and concerns about that, but we're not going to open up that count of worms today. What we are going to say is that is like, that is, that is instructing, that is guiding, that is telling people, hey, 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 maybe you should do this, right? Okay, so let's see what else I can share with you about this before I run out of time. Um, okay, it says, so um, the New York Post had done this uh, quick write-up. I thought it was kind of clever. It says, alas, we now know it is apparently even worse. New leaked audio appears to reveal that Kerry, now Team Biden's special climate envoy. Now he's the climate envoy who says we need to get rid of all the CO2 in the envir- in the atmosphere. This idiot um, divulged to Zarif the details of over 200 clandestine Israeli military operations taken against Iranian targets in Syria can totally jeopardize what's going on between Israel and Syria and Iran, right? Totally jeopardize it. Um, and, and in the past, President Trump has called for John Kerry to be prosecuted for, um, for um, violating the Logan Act. Now, here's a short clip of that, uh, that calling for prosecution. I'll play it real quick because it's about a minute or two minutes long. Because there was a there was another one that was about six minutes long, and we're not going to play that one, but we'll play this one for you guys just so you can hear what the president had to say. And I'll I'll share that with you guys in approximately twenty seconds. <laughs> so I'm waiting for this thing to I'm waiting for this uh, this ad to finish running. Okay, so let me see what else we got here. Some of the more juice that I can. Okay, so the senators are going. The uh, the the Republicans are coming after Kerry now. Okay, this commercial is about over. Okay, let's go. What I'd like to see with Iran, I'd like to see them call me. You know, John Kerry speaks to them a lot. John Kerry tells them not to call. That's a violation of the Logan Act. And frankly, he should be prosecuted on that. But my people don't want to do anything that's only the Democrats do that kind of stuff. You know? If it were the opposite way, they'd prosecute him under the Logan Act. But John Kerry violated the Logan Act. He's talking to Iran and has been, has many meetings and many phone calls, and he's telling them what to do. That is a total violation of the Logan Act. Because what they should be doing is their economy is a mess ever since I took away the Iran deal. They have inflation that's the highest number I've ever heard. They're having riots every weekend and during the week even. And what they should be doing is calling me up, sitting down. We can make a deal, a fair deal. We just don't want them to have nuclear weapons, not too much to ask. And we would help put them back into great shape. They're in bad shape right now. I look forward to the where we can actually help Iran. We're not looking to hurt Iran. I want them to be strong and great and have a great economy. But they're listening to John Kerry who's violated a very important element of what he's supposed to be doing. He violated the Logan Act, plain and simple. He shouldn't be doing that. But they should call, and if they do, we're open to talk to them. We have no secrets, and they can be very, very strong financially. They have great potential, very much like North Korea. North Korea has tremendous potential economically, and I don't think he's going to blow that. I don't think so. 
All right, guys. So that is, wow. That is what Trump had to say in, uh, I guess, an abbreviated version on his calls for John Kerry violating the Logan Act. Okay, so, and then in case any of you guys might be a wondering, what is the Logan Act? <clears throat> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory based on what President Trump had said right there. But just so he can get you some correct text on it, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. Uh, the Logan Act, it, um, I'm going through my notes here. Basically, it says you cannot be talking with or um, giving advice to, oh, here we go. The Logan Act prohibits United States citizens from having private correspondence with a foreign government with intent to influence the measures or conduct of any foreign government in relation to any disputes or controversies with the United States or to defeat the measures of the United States. So there you go. There was that. Now, uh, we've ha I had found some articles from like Arut Shiva 7, which is Israel Nation News, where Kerry admits I met Zarif three or four times. Um, we had another article from the Boston Globe where it says that John Kerry sat down at the United Nations with Foreign Minister Jafad Zarif to discuss ways of preserving the pacts, limiting Iran's nuclear weapons program. Um, so that was a big deal there. And then, um, of course, there was this whole uh, nuclear uh, Iran nuclear deal, which they all wanted them to be a part of, right? Um, but the thing, uh, the thing about it is is um, I was going to go ahead and give you guys a breakdown of what that looked like. Maybe I can do it tomorrow. But um, in a nutshell, the Washington Free Beacon um, and Breitbart, some articles that I had found regarding that, basically said, uh, like Breitbart summed it up this way. Imagine, for example, a U.S. government drug testing program implemented for its employees, allowing the unsupervised submission of their own urine samples. Such, uh, just such an honor policy is what Obama accepts for Iran concerning submission to international inspectors on its own soil at a site where nuclear weapons testing is believed to have occurred. Uh, and basically what it was saying here is that um, it, it only calls for them to be inspected by their own state officials. Iran's own state officials. And then it can only be in uh, sites where they have uh, confirmed or they have basically said, yes, this is where we're testing and we're, we're developing nuclear arms. But if there are any hidden sites, well, no one can go look for them. No one can go find them and they can stay mum on it. You know, they don't got to say anything on it. So it's the dark truth about the Iran agreement. It is absolutely false to stop the mullahs, it fails to stop the mullahs' desire to weaponize the program. It paves the way for them to do so legally in the future and sooner if illegally done. Additionally, it failed to demand Iran as the world's leading state sponsors of terrorism curtail such activity or stop using North Korea as a nuclear and missile test site. Um, and that was from that was from Breitbart. Um, <clears throat> and then um, the Washington Free Beacon had an article, and this one was a new one, that Iran aims to expand their WMD program German intel agency concludes. Iran sought to produce and source weapons of mass destruction as recently as 2020, efforts that are likely ongoing according to a new intelligence report issued by a, government, uh, a German government security agency. Iran is working to expand its conventional arsenal of weapons through the production or constant modernization of weapons of mass destruction, according to a German language report issued last week by the Bavarian Office for the Protection of the Constitution, a state security agency equivalent to the FBI. The report, which covers the, the year 2020 and was independent, independently translated 
for the Washington Free Beacon, provides the firmest evidence to date that Iran is misleading the world about the nature of its nuclear deal. So that's something that we need to think about. I keep wondering what is up with America's love affair, as dangerous as it is, with Iran. Uh, we all remember when uh, uh, Barry Sotero, that whatever, you when he sent them pallets of cash, he sent them like, what, $1.8 billion dollars and, and uh, it was like, I think 400 million was sent in cash to Tehran, and, and it wasn't even in American currency. Now, uh, good old Barry's excuse back then was, well, we don't have a bank account with uh, Iran, so we can't do banking and we can't wire the money to Iran, right? So what they did is they sent it to them in Swiss currency, Francos, like all these different currencies, pallets of cash, went over to Iran with no receipts. So we don't know where this money's going. Now, we all know, guys, if it had been a money wire transfer and it was in their banks, electronically speaking, whomever Iran decided to send that money to, they would have been able to trace they would have been able to track where all that money was going. Who knows? Maybe maybe half of that money was going back into the coffers of the people in the deep state and, and the shadow government. You know, maybe that was part of the deal that we don't know. Of course, Obama said, well, it's because we owed Iran X amount of millions of dollars from the 70s. And from the 70s up until 2013, they'd accrued over $1.3 billion in interest. What kind of uh, what kind of deal did we get ourselves into in the 70s, right? I think it's BS. I think it's quite BS. Whenever Trump was asked about it, he just said straight up. He just said straight up, oh yeah, they're sending all this money to Iran. They sent a pallets of cash. And then everyone was like, no, it's because we had this deal that we never paid on. And now we have $1.3 billion in interest that we back owe to Iran. BS is what I declare. And now finally, before I wrap up the show, don't forget, illegitimate Joe, President Biden, he signed an executive order that released another X amount of billions of dollars of frozen assets, frozen money that Iran had that, that Trump froze. He signed an executive order that released those funds for Iran to send wherever they want. We have reports that some of the money went to Yemen. We have some of the reports that it went to other terrorist organizations uh, or countries that support that. So guys, this is dangerous super super dangerous and this man i'm saying it is by the grace of god that those tapes were leaked and now we can see him for the liar that he is we can see him for the liar that he is because we all knew it i mean he's working with he's working with the chatham house and all of these people they're all involved with the progressives liberals i mean it's just it's a mess but now guys the light is shining down on their actions and we will be able to see what they're doing we'll see where this goes we'll see where this, where this goes i'm going to wrap it with what some of the uh republican senators and the um uh, representatives are saying in regards to this because this is going to become a hot issue and carrie's already saying it's absolutely false it's absolutely false but the iran foreign ministry is not disputing the authenticity of the recording okay they're not disputing it and your, your whatever deeds are done in the shadows will come to light. All right, I'm gonna wrap it with what they're saying. All right, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas says, if this tape is verified, it would signal catastrophic and disqualifying recklessness by Envoy Kerry to Foreign Minister Zarif that endangered the safety of Americans and our allies. Uh, uh, Cruz continued, it would be consistent with his long pattern of empowering Iran's regime. Okay, uh, Dan Sullivan of Arkansas, of, I'm sorry, of Alaska said, people are talking, uh, talking about treason, and I don't throw that word around a lot. 
John Kerry does all kinds of things that I can't stand, but this is the one that broke the camel's back. Um, Todd Young of Indiana said, you don't want your climate envoy undermining your closest ally in that region. Uh, Representative Mike Gallagher said, it's unfathomable unfathomable that any U.S. diplomat past or present would leak intelligence to the world's leading sponsors of terrorism at the expense of one of our staunchest allies. And finally, Senator Rick Scott said of Florida said, Biden should revoke Kerry's access to classified information while the matter is looked into. All right, guys, Senator, uh, former Senator Kerry and former whatever to Iran. <laughs> Secretary of State Kerry is coming under fire, and justly so, and we're going to see that that man is removed. All right, guys, it's been a smashing episode of the Sea Report, if you ask me. I hope you guys had a great show. Thank you for joining me again, and uh, we will see you again tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time for Q&A Holes Live. I'll be here with the crew. Till then, have a great afternoon, and the Sea Report returns tomorrow, same place, same time. Thank you.